To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Please stand clear of the doors. For favor, Hello and welcome to Miles from Main Street, your far from Disney podcast. My name is Mikhailo. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Disney World. But especially coping away from Disney. Which we know a lot about being from the Midwest. Here at Miles from Main Street, our preferred travel agency is Magical Vacations by Kimberly. Kimberly is a Disney expert and can handle all of your Disney planning needs. She can also plan Universal and all major cruise lines. Contact Kimberly at Magical Vacations by Kimberly at Yahoo.com. And find her on Facebook and Instagram under Magical Vacations by Kimberly. So today on Miles from Main Street, we're going to be going over some Easter eggs on a couple rides. Uh, Brian has done a little bit of research. I have a couple of them. I have a couple myself that I want to go over too. Um, and these are these are things that you see in the park uh, that kind of hearken to uh, either other attractions or just kind of little things that you wouldn't notice uh, that actually mean something. Um, and some of them are pretty big uh, and some of them are pretty small. Uh, you Usually they're pretty small and you got to kind of look for them. Um, but Brian has a list uh, and we're going to go we're going to go through it. Um, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, so I've got a good one, I think, to start with, because this is one that you can't even see. This is just one that you kind of have to know. So uh, under the sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid, which is the uh, aerial attraction in uh, Fantasyland, um, it took the place of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which was a submarine voyage. Um, and so when they were taking that attraction out, the Imagineers bottled up some of the water from 20,000 Leagues. And then when they started up the Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid, they poured that water into the ride so that when you're going through that area, you'll see water features as part of it. And the water from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is kind of included within that water. So I think that's pretty cool. Like they brought part of the attraction right back into the attraction, but you kind of have to be in the know to know it. Right. Yeah. So here's another one. Sorry. I was <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. And this kind of makes me think of, uh, you remember like the fountain of nations. I don't even think it's there anymore because of the Epcot, uh, construction, uh, but back in the day, in the day, the Fountain of Nations, they actually had like a whole bunch of nations come together and pour water into that fountain. So that fountain was just a whole bunch of water from a bunch of different places. Uh, I believe they I, that was a while ago and they did a renovation and took all that water out and just poured normal water back in. So it's a, it was a little less uh, meaningful, but um, it's not the first time that Disney has done that uh, with special water and putting that somewhere so uh it's 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 definitely a cool thing yeah and i'm not sure on this one was as you tell me that i believe there might have been something along the lines of that when they opened the small world attraction in mm. disneyland they may i think they may have done something with that because he did invite a lot of 
children from many different countries to be part of the opening. And I believe there might've been something with bringing water from their country as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, don't quote me on that one. That, that was <laughs> an off the cuff one this time. But interestingly with Under the Sea, they also included within the rock work, uh, a, a Nautilus kind of carved in. So there's a bridge within the queue. And as you cross it on the left side of the bridge, uh, near the water, there is a Nautilus from 20,000 leagues carved mm. into, the, into the rocks. Um, so one you can see and one you can't see all in the same attraction about 20,000 leagues under the sea. And that's the type of stuff we're talking about tonight, right? Like things that might harken back to a former attraction and, you know, like little Easter eggs that you may know, you may not know. Uh, And I know, and I think we've talked about it uh, on the podcast before, but I'll just throw it in here again. Um, At uh, Ariel's uh, Underwater Adventure, is that what it's called there? I know it's there's a different journey of the little mermaid under the one. sea journey of the little mermaid uh, in, yeah. in in that queue. There is also isn't there like a hidden Mickey that only shows up on Mickey's birthday or something like that. Yes, that you is know? the best hidden Mickey ever. I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's also within the queue within the rock work. And we have talked about that before mm-hmm. where um, on November 18th at noon, exactly noon, that hidden Mickey will show up. That takes some science and some skill, I think. Right. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. And uh, for those of you that may have missed our previous episode on that, uh, I would encourage you to go back and listen to all of our episodes because I don't remember which one it was that we discussed that now. But um, (laughs) what we're talking about is that the rock work is created so that the sun shines through it and shows a hidden Mickey on the wall on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. Yes, very, very cool. And someday I will be there for it. I do declare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So another one, uh, if we stay in the Magic Kingdom and you go over to the Carousel of Progress in the Christmas scene, there's a like a bulletin board up behind the dad. And there's a few different little signs up there, but one says, Marty called wants changes. And that is a direct uh, reference to Marty Sklar, who worked for Disneyland for many, or the Disney company for many, many, many years. Uh, He started there working on the Disneyland newspaper and uh, worked his way through as an Imagineer um, up until his retirement. And when they were working on the updates for Carousel of Progress, he was very involved with it. And he was kind of the, what would Walt do kind of guy for that update. And so there were a lot of times that he would call up and say, hey, let's change this, change that. So because of those types of notes that he would give, um, the Imagineers threw that little nod to him within the ride. So I think that one's a really cool one, like saying, hey, we are people that work on this stuff. Um, and here's, you know, here's something that happened as we were working on it. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, you know, if you are looking at the Christmas scene and dad, he, it's kind of up on the right side of the, the uh, stage near where dad's sitting. Yeah, that's, that's super interesting. I, 
know that there's uh, a lot of Easter eggs or there have been like a lot of changes and um, things that kind of harken back to what the ride used to be or what originally was. Uh, I just don't. I've I've heard people talk about him, but like I just don't know any of them. Yeah, well, and that's you know why I wanted to do this tonight is kind of talk about some of the different things going on with with the rides and and you know that they do know something came before mm-hmm. and they want to let you know that they're still thinking about it. Um, here's one that you know they may not be thinking about something previous, but. Uh, there's two ch- two skeletons in the queue for Pirates of the Caribbean, and they're playing chess. And they are um, they're sitting there at an actual stalemate in the game. And the fun part about this is that when it was originally set up, it was just kind of set with the game pieces in place, and the legend kind of started: "Hey, they're at a stalemate." like a literal chess stalemate when actually they weren't. Well, then they, they caught on to this legend that was going on. So they did get a chess player to come in and set the pieces up into an actual stalemate. So now if you see those skeletons in the queue, they are actually sitting there at a stalemate. I think yeah. that's pretty cool. And it's uh, and it's interesting. Um, I've heard before that they did a refurb at one point. And they somebody didn't take a picture or didn't document where they were the stalemate was at, and they moved the pieces. And when they went to go put them back, they couldn't figure out where they were set. And they actually went and found it was like on the back of like some random sheet of paper that was actually saved uh, for parts of parts of the Caribbean. So um, that's pretty cool that they, that they were actually able to find that and get it back to where it was but it's just funny that nobody thought to document where they were at and they just kind of picked them up and cleaned them and and didn't know where to put them back (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was uh that you think that that's something that they um maybe they do that now i don't know that Mm -hmm. it just seems like imagineering is better than that you know they (laughs) I, i give them the benefit of the doubt constantly Whenever they're going to do a change, I just sit back and go, I can't wait to see what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I totally agree. Uh, so speaking of changes, oh. we'll hop over to Epcot. <laughs> and as we all know, they changed Maelstrom into the Frozen Ever After ride. And, you know, there are, you know, they kept the same ride vehicle, the same boats from Maelstrom, the, um, the ride system is still the same thing. They just kind of overlaid frozen mm-hmm. on top of it. Right. Um, so it's kind of cool that we're still in the same boats, but also they have some puffins from the original maelstrom ride, uh, sitting on some rocks. Um, yeah. So as you're riding through it and you're getting towards the end, um, just after the big drop, you'll see them on your right. Some three puffins up on the rocks. And that's from the original Maelstrom ride. So, Brian, I totally know what puffins are. Why, why don't you inform our viewers, our listeners, as to what a puffin <laughs> is? <laughs> a puffin is, it's kind of like a, a penguin type of looking bird. Oh. Um, 
they're they're black and white, but they have like colored beaks. Um, I don't know how to explain them very well. <laughs> I, I apologize for that, but yeah, they've they're they've got uh, different colored beaks. I kind of liken it to a toucan type of thing. Mm. Um, but they're short little birds, black and white with colored beaks. Um, yeah, and they live up in the ice. Uh, maybe if you have kids out there and you've had Netflix, you've watched Puffin Rock. That's why I didn't really go to uh, explaining it right away because my kids have watched Puffin Rock on Netflix. <laughs> um, it was popular back when it came out. Uh, it was just a kid's show that it was actually kind of annoying as an adult to have it on <laughs> in the background all the time. But um, yeah, I mean, my kids loved watching it. So Again, thank you for the explanation for our <laughs> listeners, because I definitely knew what a puffin was. <laughs> I didn't. Just You're so welcome, <laughs> listener. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, so DJ Rex. If yes. you've been to Oga's Cantina... Uh, or if you've seen anything about Oga's Cantina, we've got a droid spinning the tunes, <laughs> keeping everything rocking as you're in there, enjoying your time at, at the cantina, right? And his name is DJ Rex or R3X. Um, he has been around for quite a while. If you ever rode Star Tours back in the day, instead of C-3PO being your pilot, Rex was your pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has been around for quite some time and I, I was so happy that they decided to put him in there because I just, I enjoy the character that they've created in Rex and I was happy to see that they still have him around. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I loved Rex and Brian, you talk about it all the time. We need to do a little bit of trivia. Who did the voice for Rex in the original Star Tours. Paul Rubens, otherwise known as Pee Wee Herman. Herman. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, he was the uh, original voice. So I, and I, I'm not sure if they brought him back to do it more voice yeah, I, work I, this time. I don't know that either because he definitely does talk in, um, in Olga's and he'll, he'll, he'll say something and play some tunes and um and actually if if you want they actually have his whole set list that he usually plays in the cantina on spotify i've definitely listened to that whole thing before uh and it's pretty cool and they they have some jams in there so you should go <laughs> you go check it out i have to i don't get on spotify enough and, and listen to the uh playlists they have there i gotta do that it's uh it's it's it i mean it's more in depth than than itunes uh but i if i'm looking for ride media i'm always going to youtube because they have the most obscure stuff the other day uh i listened to um living with the land guitar like just the guitar part from inside the um uh um inside the greenhouse I just like listen to that for an hour. <laughs> they, they just have that on a loop for like three hours. So it's just, that's the kind of stuff I like to listen to. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I was doing that with uh, the loop for Jungle Cruise one day. Uh, yes, I love that. Yeah, that's a great soundtrack to listen I've, to. I've listened to that so much that sometimes when I go into that queue, I'll start reciting it with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's the nerd over there that keeps... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just called you a nerd. You'll get over it. You're a nerd too. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So one of the things we you know, Disney is well known for synergy where they they will market their movies and kind of reuse things uh so that they can do things a little cheaper because of it. Um, but one of the things that they've done is reuse animatronics. So they might create an animatronic for one attraction, but then they'll use that same animatronic somewhere else. Um, so like the animals that are on the paddle boat at the end of Splash Mountain, they came from America Sings mm -hmm. to begin with, which was an old ride and, and uh so that's one way that they may reuse things, but what they've done, like with the father and the daughter from Carousel of Progress, you'll find them in Spaceship Earth. Mm -hmm. Rover in from um, Carousel of Progress is the same dog that is holding the keys in Pirates. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they've made all these presidents over the years. So if you go on Spaceship Earth, there's a monk in Spaceship Earth <laughs> that's going to look a lot like John Adams. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also one where the grandma from Carousel of Progress is one of the ghosts in the ballroom scene mm. at Haunted Mansion. Uh, it's uh, one of them that's sitting at the table, the big dining table in the mm -hmm. room. Um, so keep an eye on that old lady. It's uh, it's the grandma. So yeah, this this is one that I've heard before about um, uh, Spaceship Earth. That there's presidents in Spaceship Earth, and that they they basically just use their the same um, molds and stuff like that since they have them lying around, um, and they look distinguished enough to kind of be in that era. So uh, I've always thought that was pretty cool. This story reminds me of a different story, which involves Alice Davis, uh, a Disney legend of herself. She was married to Mark Davis, another Disney mm -hmm. legend. Um, she was in charge of a lot of the costumes. She did most of the costumes for Small World, and she did a lot for um, Pirates of the Caribbean. And I think I may, maybe I've told some of this story before, but... When she was doing Pirates of the Caribbean, she was asking questions about you know, how much material, <laughs> how many, how many different um, costumes she has to make, and they basically told her you just need to get you know a costume on a animatronic, and that's it. And she said, "Well, you know, like she wanted to do two. Well, then she realized." No one's checking her work. So if she orders double the amount of material, no one's going to realize it. So she did. And as they were going through and making these costumes, she made two of them. And when they finished, they, you know, got all the um, costumes onto the animatronics into the ride. Everything was going great. 
and a little ways down the road, there was a fire and they lost a ton of costumes from pirates. And they went to her and they said, how long is it going to take you to remake all of these? And she said, we can have it up and going again tomorrow <laughs> because she had stored a second set of costumes and that set a new policy for the company that they were always going to make two sets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, cool. I love that story. I've heard that story before too. <laughs> yeah. And I may have said it before on the show, but it, I don't know. I, I always thought that was a really interesting story and it's funny to listen to her tell that story. <laughs> um, so you said you had a couple. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the, the one that's coming to mind right now, um, and this is like, it's not an Easter egg. It's not an Easter egg hearkening back to anything. Um, but it's something that I've heard uh, from a couple of different people uh, that I've always found interesting. Um, and this is in um, Liberty Square. And there's a, a little brown trail that kind of goes through Liberty Square. Uh, that's poop. <laughs> human, human excrement. Uh, but it's, I mean, that's, that's the level of deep detail that they're going for because back in the day, that's literally what would happen is you would go to the bathroom and then they would just dump it out. And eventually it was just kind of like a river of excrement that was going through the town. <laughs> um, so that's, I mean, that's, that's my little of course, my, my Easter egg deals with poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, and along those lines, there are no bathrooms within Liberty Square because there mm. were, wasn't plumbing at the time. Yeah. So you need to either go back to Adventureland or head forward into, into Fantasyland where the Rapunzel bathroom is. Um, mm-hmm. But if you follow that bl- brown trail, it will lead you to a bathroom. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, another one uh, that just so and and Brian and I we're gonna come out with a with a the making of uh, Miles from Main Street soon. You'll be able to hear us kind of formulate our plans as to what we're gonna do. Uh, but we were talking before, and and we were just kind of like. Brian, Brian has the, is the brains of this operation, to be honest. And, uh, uh, I'm the voice. <laughs> That's kind of all I have. Uh, uh, and I told him, I was like, oh, you're, you're going to say things and then things are going to pop into my head. And that's exactly what happened just now. Um, and this kind of harkens back to, uh, a ride a little bit, but it's more like Disney using things that they bought in, in two different spots. Uh, and that's, um, the back of the plane that's in Jungle Cruise is actually the tail section of the plane that they bought for the Casablanca scene in Great Movie Ride. Um, uh, I have always thought that that was cool. And uh, it became a thing back in the day that, that um, they said that Disney actually bought like the original plane from Casablanca. And then somebody came out and was like, oh, that's, that's not true. That plane was like balsa wood or ply- plywood or something. Um, and so there, there's been a lot of back and forth as to whether or not that was the real plane from Casablanca. Or are they just like bought a plane and dismembered it? <laughs> um, but I've, I've always thought that that was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I've always liked that one too, that, you know, again, synergy, they're not mm-hmm. wasting. Um, yeah. So we, whenever my wife and I are either watching a movie or a, a video of somebody at Disney or if we're watching, 
you know, actually at the Jungle Cruise or something, we'll say, oh, hey, that plane. And we kind of nod at each other and go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we know. Because <laughs> we mention it to ourselves all the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one that is in my head, and maybe you've heard of this. I know I either read it somewhere or heard it somewhere. Um, and this might actually be Disneyland. Uh, Cause I think I figured that out at one point, uh, but splash mountain uh, apparently uh, right before you go over the edge, um, there's supposed to be these little critters there. And one of them says like, go FSU because some of the Imagineers there were FSU grads. Uh, I'm not sure if it's, I've always thought in my head that I heard that it was like right before you go down um, the big drop, or maybe it's somewhere else. Like maybe it's as you're going up the hill. Um, but honestly, I've never found it. Um, maybe you've heard of that. It doesn't seem like you have. Um, I, I remember hearing something about that recently. Um, yeah. So as I was working through my research for tonight, I did come across something like that and I'm not finding my notes on it now. Um, but yeah, they, they thought they were like swearing mm. or, you know, like F you maybe. <laughs> um, but no, it's FSU. And you're right. It was because of some, uh, some people that went to Florida state and they, some engineers wanted to include that in. Um, so yeah, that's definitely at, at uh, Florida where you're going to find it. Oh, cool. Um, and well, since you brought that up again with, you know, thinking of things as we go here, um, you know, I always forget about it when I'm on the ride, but as you get right to the top of Splash Mountain and you're about to go down that drop, there's a hidden Mickey sitting above your head and it's a profile. His nose is sticking mm-hmm. out over the top. And I think that's <laughs> always a really neat one. And I always kind of geek out whenever someone points that out. So I needed to point that out. Yeah, I've 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 definitely seen that one before. And that one it, it's pretty easy to miss too. You really kind of have to look at it. Well, yeah, because I mean you're about to go down the drop, so you're kind of prepping yourself for that, mm-hmm. right? And all of a sudden, boom, there you gotta think about that. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's interesting, Brian? We've gone this whole episode not mentioning hidden Mickeys. And there's like a billion of those. Uh, I think that honestly, that could be its own episode too. Oh, definitely. That's, that's something that people have made their careers on. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have mentioned it. We talked about the hidden Mickey at uh, the little mermaid ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're everywhere. Uh, I love looking for those anytime I can. Um, but speaking of hidden Mickey's, there are a ton inside of Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. Mm-hmm. I got two for you with that one. The first one is whenever you hear a train whistle, that whistle is actually from the instrument that was used for the Steamboat Willie cartoon, the original train whistle. They were able to pull that out of the archives and use it for that soundtrack. So that's, you know, that's something a little geeky to think about and, you know, tell your mom when you're riding the ride next time you're (laughs) there. Um, Uh, the other one is that obviously it's in the Chinese theater and it took the place of the great movie ride, which we had talked about a second ago. Um, so in the first room 
you're going to come into where it's like a street and they've got all kinds of stuff going on. There's a poster on one of the walls that says the great moving ride and it's an <laughs> escalator. And I think that's just a great nod to what used to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's so cool. And, and that's a ride. There's a lot of Disney rides that like take multiple ridings to kind of take everything in and you're really, and there's a ride like this, like you're not going to be able to take it all in. Like, ride it and have fun but there's just so much going on and so many little things here and there like it, it on, on, it's like almost like sensory overload when you're on on that ride because there's so many moving things and like there's screens everywhere and um but that's that's what's so fun about it and yeah there is so many things going on and i knew going in that there's a subplot where pluto is trying to catch up to them with the picnic basket <laughs> and I can tell you for sure. I didn't see that dog until the last scene because <laughs> he's <laughs> sitting because they're all sitting still. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but that there's so much going on that you don't, you just don't know. And that's, what's great about that ride. Like I had said in my trip report, I wanted to get on that a couple of times. Unfortunately, we only made it on once, um, but I can't wait to get back on it mm-hmm. for sure. So when was the last time you enjoyed It's Tough to Be a Bug? Uh, you know, uh, we actually went on this last time we went. Uh, and that's because it's it's kind of one of my favorite rides at Animal Kingdom. <laughs> awesome. So then you know about the exit signs. You're I've looking heard, at me. Blue. I've heard this before. I've definitely <laughs> heard this before. So the... I did not know this. Like I, so if when you're sitting and I don't want to spoil things for everyone, cause I think it's a great thing, but at the end of the show, there's a little trick they do that might get you to jump out of your seat. <laughs> um, but at, you know, as you, as you're finishing the show, take a look at the exit signs on your left. There's going to be fireflies flying past as they exit because they let the bugs leave first. <laughs> right. So you have, if you look at the exit signs, you're going to see the fireflies leaving past those exit signs. Mm. And I did, I had no idea. I've been, I've seen that show a few, a few times. I've never looked over there. Um, yeah, I, I'm always looking I. at the screen. Yeah. So and that's that's detail for you. <laughs> it is. It really is. I know you had something about dinosaur you wanted to mention. Oh yeah. Um. So this is kind of a history lesson too with dinosaur. Uh, and uh, back in the day, it was sponsored by McDonald's. And uh, if you, when you walk into the main loading area, you're going to see all of all these tubes everywhere. Uh, you're going to see red tubes. You're going to see yellow tubes. You're going to see white tubes. And on those tubes is the molecular. Uh, I don't know the word for it. The like the chemical formula. The chemical formula. Uh, for ketchup, mustard, and mayo, uh, and I, I always thought that was really cool. And I, and it's funny. This is one of those things. Like I'm sure Brian, you've mentioned them too. Uh, but it's one of those things where, it, without fail, I could be with my brother and sister who already know this, and I will always point it out. Hey, ketchup, mustard, mayo. <laughs> <laughs> I will always do that. <laughs> well, and it's been since before it was called dinosaur that they mm-hmm. did that. And it's something that they have left there. 
I mean, McDonald's is long gone as a sponsor. Nobody knows. And it's fun to point it out because people go, that's really weird. Why would they do that? And some people have even, you know, there's even the legend out there now that they're actually pumping ketchup and mustard and mayonnaise through those tubes, (laughs) (laughs) which they're not, but (laughs) that we know of. (laughs) It starts here, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So next time you're there, let people know that they're pumping it through there out (laughs) to the rest of the the resort. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and when you go to pump the, condiments out when you're at a quick serve it's coming straight from it's coming from students. dinosaur yeah yes yeah. everybody knows that <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is how things get started <laughs> <laughs> um let's see what else have i got well let's go a little more patriotic i guess we'll start with liberty square if you ever look up at the windows in Liberty Square, you'll notice the shutters are never straight. And it's, you know, for somebody that might have ADD over, or OCD, <laughs> not ADD, OCD over things, it what? might get a little annoying. What? 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 Oh, sorry, it's my ADD. Okay. <laughs> anyway, if somebody has some problems where they might they might get a little annoyed by it but it's actually there's actually a reason for it if you look closer the hinges are made of leather they're not actually metal Mm. because in the period of the liberty square we're fighting the war the revolutionary war and all the metal that they could get was needed for the war effort so they were taking the metal off of the metal hinges off of these shutters so they can make bullets and whatever um so they would replace them with leather straps and over time leather stretches so that's why if you look at these um shutters they're not straight they're kind of hanging down a little bit um i think that's a great little detail that they throw in that you know a lot of us we're just kind of running through liberty square to get over to haunted mansion or or you know, grab a turkey leg and get out of there. Um, but you got to take time to look up and see some of these details. Um, I know watching Tim Tracker, he loves to point out when one of the parades comes through, some of those windows will open, and that's where the speakers are stored for the music. Mm-hmm. So he'll always point out either them opening or closing as as the <laughs> Parades will come by. Yep. Um, just another detail. Look up. There's another uh, podcaster out there that likes to say that, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Lou Mangello. So <laughs> yeah, look up and check things out. Um, and so to keep with that vein, we'll go over to Main Street USA. Um, again, look up and above the buildings along Main Street USA, you're going to see American flags on all these buildings. But if you look closely. They're not true American flags. They're missing a star or a stripe. And that's because uh, Walt was very patriotic. And in that vein, he wanted to have, um, you know, the the American flag treated respectfully. So we have the big uh, flagpole in the middle of the uh, entry, entry area when you first come in. 
And every day there's a ceremony to raise the flag. And every day there's a ceremony to bring it down. And they can't do that with all 35 flags or whatever that they have on top of these buildings. It would take them all day. Um, so they removed a star, they removed a stripe just to make it so that it's not actually a true American flag. Kind of gets them, gives them a loophole with having to go through the ceremonies for that. Um, and again, because we're running through Main Street to get over to the Space Mountain or Splash Mountain, you know, nobody's really looking that closely. So pay attention next time you're on Main Street and see if you can figure out what might be missing from those flags. Yeah. And, and another thing with Main Street, um, we've talked about it before, but the uh, all the names on on uh, the windows and everything, my my favorite uh, is definitely Frank Wells uh, and his is his is the highest um, the seven summits. Um, yes. I, I always I always think that's really cool. And, and it's a uh, Frank Wells um, uh, died in a helicopter accident, um, which is terrible. And it's very sad. Um, and I've always kind of said um, that honestly, Eisner gets a bad rap for for uh, everything that that he ended up doing after Wells died. Uh, because they were, I always like to say that um, Frank was the stake and Eisner was the sizzle. Because <laughs> uh, because Frank really kind of like he was like the the foundation, uh, and and Eisner was the one just kind of throwing stuff out there like let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, and Frank was just kind of like no, we're gonna do this, and like grabbed <laughs> all the best ideas from from Eisner because he was just a well of ideas. Um, yes. And Frank was the one that would take them uh, and and make them happen. Um, and and um, I honestly, I'm I'm kind of an Eisner fan. Like I I, I get why people kind of um, don't like him, uh, but I but I get it. It was definitely a partnership, and it sucks to see uh, to think about what could have happened had uh, Frank uh, survived a little bit longer. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I am a fan of Eisner as well. Um, and I think that was solidified more when I watched the Imagineering story and he showed up. I was like, holy cow, they got Eisner to talk, <laughs> right? I thought like, that same thing too, yeah. Yeah, like I, that's amazing that they were able to get him to talk about it because I had always thought that Disney was behind him and the way that he had left, he was not going to revisit that again. Mm -hmm. um, but he was very upfront in that documentary. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that, you know, that made me like what he did for the company a lot more. Mm -hmm. He did a ton for the company. I mean, it, they were under um, hostile takeover mm -hmm. territory when they, when he came in and took over. And they went from, you know, people wanting to buy the company and take them over to being, you know, very close to the company they are now. They've they've obviously become much more of a conglomerate since he left, but he is the one that got them the money to do it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 100%. Um, so I only have a couple more left for you and then uh, we can move along. but. Uh, one of the ones that I always think about when, um, when I'm watching streams is, and you know, a lot of mine are in Magic Kingdom, and I don't know why, but 
you know, Magic Kingdom is the best park. So I guess that's why. <laughs> but if you're ever over in uh, the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the circus um, area, why, Storybook Circus, I'm sorry. If you're <laughs> ever in Storybook Circus uh, and you go to the splash pad where Casey Jr. is, there's a bunch of train cars. Go look at the back of them and you'll find some big prominent numbers on each one. There's four of them there. You'll see 71, 82, 89, and 98. Mikhail, you're nodding your head. What do they mean? Those are all the years that the parks opened up. Right. The four parks at Disney World. Yep. Yep. Those are the years that they opened. Um, I don't know why. I think that's pretty awesome. It kind of goes along the same lines as in Galaxy's Edge. If you look up at the uh, cargo ship up on top of one of the buildings, it says 77, 80, and 83 on them because that's what the year the original trilogy movies had come out for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Nerd. Uh, yeah. So I just <laughs> I, maybe, but uh, <laughs> I'm lucky I, I met my wife early, so I didn't have to uh, do a lot of dating. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um so before i go into my last one do you have any others no <laughs> <laughs> i try i i tried thinking and that's the funny part is is uh we can i mean i'm sure they're in there uh um but they're not popping out right now uh one of the one of the rides that have has always stuck out to me and I don't know why, um, but the Mr. Toad's wild ride. Um, I rode that. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I misspoke. I have not ridden it. I've watched the movie. Um, but for some reason that ride has really stuck out to me as something that I wish I had been able to ride. And I feel bad that I missed out. Another reason why I need to get to Disneyland because it's still there. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you that are um, familiar with the history of Magic Kingdom in, in, in Florida, um, you know that there was a big to-do over Mr. Toad leaving. They had sit-ins. <laughs> um, yeah, people would sit there. They would, had demonstrations by the ride. People did not want that ride to leave. So for whatever reason, that sticks in my head. Um so one of the things that I really love to see is when I'm on Winnie the Pooh, um, they have, I believe it's when you come into the second room, doors open, and you look over to your left, kind of over your left shoulder, you're going to see a painting of Owl from Winnie the Pooh with his wing over the shoulder of Mr. Toad as Mr. Toad is handing him the deed to the land that the ride is on. There's another one of those great moving ride type of nods to, you know, what came before. And along with Mr. Toad, um, you go over to the pet cemetery at Haunted Mansion, which is on your way out. Up in the upper left corner, you'll find a statue of Mr. Toad. And so on the bottom of that statue, which it's kind of hard to see if when you're standing there looking at it but there is a saying at the bottom and it says here lies toad it's sad but true not nearly as marketable as winnie the pooh 
Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I, I really like that Disney listens to his to their fans, and yes, they make decisions that are difficult. They make decisions that are going to upset part of the fan base, but they also do a good job of keeping those people happy in some form Mm -hmm. and to have these couple of nods you know and Twenty Thousand leagues was the same thing there were a lot of people that really loved that ride it just was not conceivable to keep that ride going anymore Mm -hmm. and they've still got some nods here and there so yeah it's and it's funny too brian i can count how many times i've been on winnie the pooh with no hands (laughs) (laughs) I've never been on that ride. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, Winnie the Pooh is more marketable, uh, but I tend to kind of sprint through that area of the park anyways. So it's, it's not really a ride that I'm clamoring to get on, but so, no, so I've, I've never seen that stuff. As you listen to some of the, the vloggers out there, they might tell you like it's a fill in ride. Yeah. Um, it, it is one of those that, um, we tend to do every time because uh, it is my wife, one of my wife's favorites. So we have to get on that. Um, yeah. So it, I don't know. I wish I had gotten a chance to ride uh, Mr. Toads and I will be getting out to Disneyland one of these days and I, hopefully it'll still be there. Um, I've seen <laughs> video of that ride and it looks pretty cool. So mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Well, um, I think we've reached the end of, uh, of this episode. Uh, Brian, do you have any other, other closing thoughts that you have? Well, I'd like to know if anybody else out there has some Easter eggs that I may not have mentioned. Um, I'm always looking for new ones. If there's something that you guys could throw out there for us, come on out to the community, the Facebook community, and let us know. Um, we're looking to have all kinds of great discussions out there. So I will be starting a post uh, regarding Easter eggs in Disney World, and we'd love to hear yours. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. And and 100% there's going to be, we we didn't even scratch the surface of Easter eggs uh, for in the Disney company. So um, let us let us know your favorite Easter egg. Um, And that's all we got for you guys today. And we will see you next time on Miles from Main Street. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe. Email us at milesfrommainstreetpodcast at gmail.com with any thoughts and visit us on Facebook under Miles from Main Street. We'll be bringing more to you weekly and look forward to talking to you then. Until next week, remember, some live close but most of us don't. So let's talk about it.